I want to take the time to tell you guys about Monkey Knife Fight. The season look, it's right around the corner. A lot of different ways that you can engage in some really exciting stuff around football, basketball, whatever it is. Monkey Knife Fight is probably my favorite place to do that right now because they have a bunch of ton, uh, a ton of really fun and engaging games. It's a lot of stuff around props, very similar to props, but it makes it a little bit more fun. Go to Monkey Knife Fight, find out what it's all about. $20 deposit using promo code PFF and you get a free PFF Edge subscription, which basically sets you up for your fantasy uh, football season right off the bat. So it gives you the rankings, gives you all the tools, gives you all the article content. It's just a ridiculous amount of stuff. $40 in value, you get it for 20 bucks just with a deposit to Monkey Knife Fight. It's really simple, promo code PFF. Um, and you'll get to enjoy some fun on Lucky Night Fight too. So go do it. It's finally September. It's the September 1st PFF forecast. And on today's show, it is a long time coming. Aaron Nagler is joining us. We're going to duke it out. We have a long conversation, but it is an awesome one. Uh, so you'll want to stay tuned and listen to the whole thing. Let's rock. All right, we're not going to take too much time on this intro because this conversation, it was tense at points. This is probably one of our our lengthier discussions in a while, but I thought it was worth it. Yeah, no, we're not cutting any of it because it was, in my opinion, we've had the opportunity to have a lot of really great guests on, right? I, you know, Mina Kimes, Josh Hermsmeyer, the list goes, Evan Silva's and been on a few times. And it will continue to grow this week after Aaron, too, as well. Yeah, and, and like we've been so lucky, Robert Mays. I mean, I, I'm going to forget them, but we, we've talked to so many great people. Aaron obviously had some disagreements with us, and I thought it made the conversation really genuine, passionate, interesting. There are perspectives on there for everyone. Um, he I made have, some points about how we address things that I thought was, that I thought was fair and I don't know if it'll change necessarily how we move forward, but it'll always be in the back of my mind. I hope that every conversation we have in some way changes how we move forward, right? And and it's not necessarily about changing the way you talk about something in the way, you know, with what he's referencing, but how you support it. Yeah. You know, how do you talk about things around it? Are you Well, and how you get people into the conversation because as he said like to uh, you know, bless him because he said, you know, I've been a fan of PFF, but some of the ways you say things might off-put people. And in fairness, this is a criticism I just get about life all the time. So, <laughs> um, nothing new. but but he's you know, but it, it's interesting in the in the sense that you know uh, it was I thought interesting feedback. No, it was great. And so um, we talked about a ton of stuff. We obviously talk about um, the Packers from last season. What is a fraudulent win? What isn't? Get into Aaron Rodgers. We have a really interesting conversation about um, projecting players from college to pro and what that means for Jordan Love and. Um, What's Rogers' future like? What did he see with Rogers at training camp? So it was a great conversation. Um, so uh, here's Aaron Nagler. Let's rock. This is a long time coming. And by long time coming, I mean it feels like five years ago that you and I <laughs> were in a much different studio preparing for a Packers-Seahawks game that uh, I still can't get out of my memory. We said some things. 
Aaron Nagler, <laughs> who's with us now, said some things. And, uh, and we're going to get to that. We're going to bury the outcome the of hatch. that game in, in, in all hindsight. Everything, the missed two-point conversions that the Seahawks couldn't cover, the the Ugo Amadi one-on-one with Stop. Devontae Adams, our coworker that came in to just Stop. root for the Packers in your in our faces. Yep. I think like, Aaron – I have a hypothesis that Aaron hired yeah. Kevin Ringrose, our yeah, good yeah. friend, to come in and cheer for but the Packers. But we'll get there Aaron, in a second. Aaron's so far down the list of things to be upset about in that game. Yes. And the things to be upset about in hindsight now, which is why it's great that we have him on. Aaron Nagler, co-founder – of Cheesehead TV. Um, thank you for coming on, buddy. Hey, thanks for having me. I mean, you know, it, it has been a long time coming. And I, I, I just want to start off by saying I did say a few things. Not a lot of things, but a few <laughs> things I regret. Uh, in the heat of the moment, one might say, last uh, last January, I think it was. But we, we did meet at, at uh, I believe, uh, the combine. fine steak establishment yes. in Indy during the combine and it was great to meet you guys and uh yes thank you very much for having me on we're not we're not going to bring up those those clips i know exactly which ones you're talking about you'll have to go if you're interested you can go find them they're out there somewhere they're, but they're out there no doubt whenever whenever we have someone new on um someone pointed this out on the youtube comments which by the way is the like eighth level of hell if you're looking for <laughs> for comments it's youtube um it's not quite we've decided that the next frontier of commenting is actually on porn sites but that that's neither here nor there one of those (laughs) so i don't know know what you're talking about someone pointed out that i like talking about food and drinks more than i do football which is bullshit but we do like to start with some food and drinks so this is one of the uh one of the icebreakers here you are drinking a pbr right now correct i didn't get the memo is that actually your drink of choice really being a Green Bay Packers fan with all the good beer out there? No, actually, because I, I ran out of Dale's Pale Ale, which okay. I really love. Which is and I just which is fire, by the way. Which is phenomenal. And I just spent a week in, or two, I'm sorry, two weeks in Wisconsin for training camp, and I pretty much drank probably two times my weight in Spotted Cow. <laughs> so I, I came back to New York, and I had I had to dial it down. I ran, like I said, I ran out of Dale's. Also, I'm doing a bit. Uh, a, a video kind of series about conversations with a Packers troll okay. and the character that I play as a Packers troll drinks PBR. So I had to get a prop. So I'm drinking this purely as research. It's Aaron. Are you, are you aware of Carl Gerbschmidt? Do you have any, I know that name. How do I so, know that? Name? So I grew up in the twin cities and the station there. K fan has a Packers troll. That's fake. That calls in and his <laughs> name's Carl Gerbschmidt. Him. That's how and I know it. He works. God, he works. He has an Al- online presence, doesn't he? Yeah, and he he works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He works as a road, um, a road street sweeper in Elk Mound. It's it's like perfect, right? That's so perfect. I, I think you have. I think you well, have the right had, idea I've, here. So far, I've had one video where I basically got sick of all the literal trolls just coming after me for. Like, you just get tired of it after a while because it's literally the same conversation or the same reaction or the same tweet over and over and over again. So I figured I'd just make a video of me responding to these same narratives again and again and again. <laughs> and it kind of took off. People really liked it, so I'm going to do more. That's good. I need to go watch that. That sounds like it's right up So, George, you, you, have to, you need a little background here. So Spotted Cow is from New Glarus. 
I know that. Mm. Which mm. is not sold outside of the state of Wisconsin. So you can't like go to like a bar over here and get new Glarus. I spent two weeks in Madison, Wisconsin. That's right. At the ripe young <laughs> age of 21. And um, I, had, I had some spotted cow. I also ate at Tornado's steakhouse aaron do you know that place look at you i i I, I did I've every single night because i was getting i had 50 dollars to spend i just spent it all on dinner all right that brings me to my second question you have one meal that you can eat for the rest of your life and only oh, wow. one what is it wow um probably the roast beef dinner that my mother made for me last week when i was in wisconsin um it was absolutely phenomenal this may be colored by the fact that i've been here in new york in quarantine living by myself Mm -hmm. for months and months and months and have literally been living on takeout and beer for (laughs) you know since march basically so i got to wisconsin i stay with my folks because they are like literally 20 minutes away from the stadium and my mother makes homemade meals pretty much every night i'm home and Every as she had beef stew, we did tacos one night, etc. But yeah, the roast beef dinner, mashed potatoes, gravy, the whole nine yards. Are you a horse that ranch guy? For the, that for the rest of my life, I'm down with it. Horse I'm radish? not huge on the, I'm not huge okay. on the horseradish, but I, I won't refuse it if it's on offer. I'm I feel that the horseradish is a cover up for if the product <laughs> is not good enough. That's fair. Um, That's fair. Last of the icebreaker questions. We're going to talk a lot about football. What is one non-football podcast, column, show, whatever it is, even a Twitter account that you follow that you uh, would recommend? That's fantastic. Uh, Considering Cinema on Twitter Mm. is phenomenal. Um, I don't know who runs it. I I think, I'm pretty sure, gathering bits of information. It's somebody in the Midwest. I'm not quite sure, but it is absolutely phenomenal. They do incredible work of breaking down not only the history of movies that not only like that i enjoy and know very well but stuff that i may not be familiar with hmm. can't can't recommend them enough that's good i need to broaden my horizons and check it out yeah uh, self-serving yeah. podcast here for george yes exactly that's really what it is <laughs> all right let's let's dive into it so the quote i believe i am doing this from oh, memory that i said that i said Thank you. It always gets brought back to me, but yes. you were the one who well, said it. But there's a well, reason. see, no, 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 because somebody asked the question I did, and yes. someone answered. So technically, Eric spoke the words, but George confirmed them. <laughs> confirmed That's the them. problem. Yes. That's the problem. So I, I, I also, so I said a couple of things. The one that I really wanted to talk about, though, was that I said the Packers were fraudulent. 13, oh, yeah, you did. 13-win team. I think that's the one that set my co-founder off. I, I really. think so. And I mean, yeah. there was there was the whole defense thing, but I really want to focus on the Packers for a little bit here because right. my I think when you say the word fraudulent, everything else gets thrown out and people hear that and they go, OK, you're saying they suck. You're well, you do go into a bloodthirsty haze as a fan. Right. I mean, and I get that. Not, right? I get that. And that's one of the personally, I believe that's one of the best things about football is how passionate fans are. Yeah. And that's fine. But. Now, looking back on it, having seen how that team ended up, do you believe that they were as good as the 13 games that they won in the regular season? Of course they were. See, now, we're gonna, you're going to get me going right away. There so, we go. Yes, of course they were. They won those $2 games. $2 PBRs. Sure, 
well, did they did, did they win those games? Did they count on the W? You know, the, the what is I this history putting an asterisk on it? No. And I, look, I understand the idea or the thinking behind. Um, okay, maybe talent wise, metrics wise, however you want to look back at it, whatever lens you want to view it through, you know, you can say X Y Z about any team in the history of the league. But the ball bounced a certain way. The Packers took advantage of it, and they won 13 games. So this idea that they were fraudulent or they weren't as good as their record, to me, is kind of ridiculous. I look back, though, and I think to myself about another Packers team. And obviously you've been a fan for a long time. But I think this is a team that foreshadowed one of the great runs in the history of the franchise. I look at the 2008 Packers team, Hmm. right? Right, Rogers' first year six starting. and ten, yep. third in the NFC North would have been five and eleven had they not run into the <laughs> winless Detroit Lions in Week Seventeen. Um, <laughs> so you look at that, you look at that team, and you have. By the th- way, Rogers still talks about that moment in his career, like coming at the end of the year, walking off the field, the reception he got from the fans, how warm it was, how yeah. great it was. You know, these things. You know, these I mean, all the matter. fact is, is you guys rally around a team. So, and and granted. Like, I remember specifically watching the one-point loss of the Vikings where Mason Crosby misses a, misses the long field goal at the <sighs> Metrodome, yeah. a four-point yeah. loss at home to Carolina, a three-point loss at, ho- at home to Houston, a three-point loss at Chicago. I remember that game because Matt Flynn took a snap as a personal protector on a punt. <laughs> All the, this is a history lesson and, right here. I look at that team and I say to myself, because if if I'm a Packers fan and I look at that team and I say, was that team a 6-10 and team? Do I have any hope for the future? There are 6-10 and teams where you have no hope. They suck. They're bad. Oh, 100%. Because of everything surrounding that season. Right. This team, you go in, Rodgers averages 7.5 yards per attempt, 64%. He's better than Favre was going probably back to like 0-2. Everything so that team to me is not a six and ten team. And then when you look at the next but year, but they are. See now that the see, next year is, they're eleven and five so point that, differential yeah, yeah. of a twelve and four team. And then right. and again, this is it, Aaron. Right? This is why I think this stuff matters. You go to the two thousand and ten. Unlike team. defense, got it, got it, got it. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you go to the two thousand ten team. Good memory. The 2010 team was never behind by more than a touchdown the whole uh, year. So. Trust me, all year long yeah. last season. They, they lost, That's all anyone brought up. They all lost, anyone brought up. They lost to the Bears in the penalty-ridden Monday night football game. Yep. Overtime to Washington. An OT game. Miami. Yeah, exactly. Detroit. Yeah, where the, the Atlanta regular season game where they like muffed uh, the, the yeah. snap. Yeah, yeah, of course. Rodgers oh, takes yeah. a knee to the head against Detroit. Matt Flynn yep. plays a great game. They still lose to the to New England. And All right, easy on great game. He played a good game. They like, go to the playoffs <laughs> as a 6-10 and 10 team in the sixth seed, and the cream rises to the top. Were they a 10-6 and 6 team? Yeah, of course they were. Because See, I, of what that's kind of where just I just talked about. So, yes, so here, like, you know, here would be my so question. So clearly, though. we're never going to agree on right. this. Point. But you but get what I'm saying. But I think when, it's when good... you're trying to look at a team and I say. I get what you're saying in a sense of like you're trying to uh, justify dismissing a 13 and 3 record. Yeah. But why, which is why aren't there. Always there forever in memoriam. Yeah, sure. No one cares about if, when, why, or what as far as balls bouncing or guys getting yeah. hurt 
or the then, maybes, would have, could have, should have. But then, literally, no one cares. But then, why, why don't wins predict future wins better? So, why is it then that there are other metrics, yeah. like wins adjusted well, for context, wait, 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 wait a that, second, are, wait that a are better predictors? But that's different. But that, I'm not sitting that would, here telling you but last that year's thirteen three. Wait a second. I'm not sitting here telling you last year's thirteen and three record is a predictor for what's going to happen in 2020. I would never do that. Yeah, and I and have that, never done. That's that. kind of where we are, where we're in the context of trying to predict a game. Now, Seattle was every bit as fraudulent. I, I agree. If, and if we're going to assume Green Bay yes. is fraudulent, Seattle was worse wait, because. Wait, are we going to? I'm glad you brought up Seattle because uh, the, the the elephant in the room here is obviously George's pick for. Yes, Seattle my bold, my bold prediction. Yes, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, so because because we got in this we got in this argument on Twitter last week when somebody said the the Packers haven't gotten worse, and I said, yeah, I think if you assume that they're closer to the nine or ten wins that their win differential would say, mm-hmm. I agree with you. Everybody gave their draft hell, all this kind of stuff. But you look at the roster. Yeah, everyone gave their draft hell incorrectly, but yeah, everyone oh, gave boy. their draft I, hell. You're right. We'll, we'll get to that. But I, I don't think the Packers have gotten worse this offseason. Yep. And the hard part is is when I say that, then the expectation starts at 13 wins, and I don't think that's fair. Because if they win 12, 11 games this year, no one should be like, oh, they suck, they got worse. Look, where you and I are in absolute agreement, and I think all three of us are in absolute agreement, is I think this will be a better Packers team with a worse record. I think there's zero question about that. So, so I don't look when, at the squad in a, for a moment and think, yep, that's a 13-14 win team. But when you say that, that's exactly my yeah. point. Which We're is, maybe saying it hyperbolically. Perhaps, but what I'm saying is if, if they were truly a 13-win team, then the they metrics— They weren't—no, see, see, this is the difference, though. You're talking about the past and trying to justify whatever reasoning you had for saying they were fraudulent, which they weren't, but you're trying to justify it. We're talking about predicting the future. That's right. different. Right. No. Well, but we were trying to predict what yeah. was going to happen, right? And so if you generally the truer um, the truer representation of who you are is most predictive of what you will do in the future. Well, let's bring this let's bring this to a different situation because I think it's a, I think it's good to say this. So the Packers drafted Jordan Love, right? Who right. was an, a good quarterback at Utah State. Okay, it's generous. Okay, but let's let's do, let's just say. Wait a second. See now. Wait now. I'm going to stop you right there, George, with your generous. It because was. look, this is this is the this is the issue. Because you you're that soundbite right there is so dismissive of the fact that if you go back to 2018, he balled out. Mm-hmm. You look at 2019. Not as good, but yeah. what are the circumstances surrounding yeah. that? So and this is where I think you guys wait. This is where I think you guys get in trouble because you do these things where you encapsulate an entirety of whatever it is you're talking about, whether mm-hmm. it's quarterback play or whatever it's a team or what have yep. you, or one side of the football being defense, etc. I think you do yourself a disservice by being so dismissive and glib about it. Yeah. And that's not to say you can't have fun, you have it like throw it out there, whatever. But as representatives for pro football focus, like the you guys are supposed to have access to all this data. Like it just seems like the whole idea is for you guys to put things into context. But then when you are that's, so dismissive, but that's and so that's the thing. Values what you're saying. Everyone wants everything to matter, and when you come out and you say, "Look, actually, 
we have this all wrong and you way overvalue the importance yeah. of defense in predicting future outcomes it's going right. to offend sensibilities and that's one of the tough things about yeah. using math is that oftentimes it's like right in the face of what you think is going to happen and we have to try and untangle it and i would say this about jordan love um because you're talking about the the coach change right from season to season coach personnel around him yeah, yeah okay so we talked about this with Bruce Gradkowski, actually, about quarterbacks overcoming adversity and how that is such an important thing. And my question would be, if a guy can't overcome a new coach at Utah frickin' State, how's he going to overcome any sort of adversity in the NFL? Shouldn't we see him transcend that if he is a transcendent player? Well, it, and, well and I think, and look, I think, I think that's a fair question. And I would say... I mean, just looking at the tape, I see a guy who was coached a certain way in 2018, certainly was given a new system and new kind of reads, progressions, et cetera, had a real problem getting off his first read. I don't think there's any question there. No, no doubt about it. But now he's with a whole new staff, and it's about projection. And if you look at his physical abilities mm -hmm. and the upside there, mm -hmm. I love him in green bay sitting for a few years getting rid of whatever bad habits he picked up in 2019 no one I don't from think no one will, that he's got bad habits no so. one will discount the importance of coaching and teaching more than eric and i yeah but to finish <laughs> my point sort of talking about because when we talk about the packers the packers were a 13 and 3 team mm -hmm. per 100 percent. Right. just the same way that like i'm trying to think of a team with an easy schedule like the not every single <laughs> entity. You could pick any Patriots team for the last yeah. 10 years. I'm not, but, but yes. the okay. there is a raw sort of truth about somebody. Namely, like, hey, Jordan Love was a good quarterback at Utah State. And then when you fold in the context, that's where I think we get – everybody gets a little bit a little bit touchy because, like, we folded in the context about Green Bay, which was, you know, year to year – if you want to predict wins from year to year, you're better off taking one-score games and calling them half a win than you are calling them a full win. Mm -hmm. And so when we think of like, okay, I want to talk about this entity, I understand what the labels are that are that are true, right? 13 wins, that's true. Jordan Love was a good quarterback in 2018 for Utah State. But when you, when you take the other things, for us, which is, okay, I have to fold in his level of competition. I have to fold right. in... You know, I have to fold in sort of his strength, his strength of schedule, but also his supporting mm -hmm. cast. I have to fold sure. in the circumstances, which were in a lot of cases, a lot of non NFL like throws. When we do all of that, I think when we say, well, you know, we're, we don't think he's a great prospect, that doesn't mean he sucked at Utah State as much as it does we don't necessarily know if that's going to transfer from one year to the next. The same way that we say, we don't think, and again, you're probably right about the about being, you know, the the loquaciousness in which we talk about these oh, things. You you said probably f four words that could each be my middle name. Yeah, but the <laughs> the when we say Green Bay, when but, we say but, Green Bay versus but, Seattle being a it's thirteen one of the reasons we're having this eleven five team, we're saying we're saying that don't view it that way, right? It it's the truth is the truth. Seattle was one play away from being in the NFC, but being the NFC North yes, or the 100%. NFC West champion. The NFC West champs. No yeah. Doubt. Green okay. Bay. The, the Green Bay Packers were also literally that play away from being the number one seed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and Green Bay was like, 
you know, the Vikings being the Vikings twice away from, <laughs> you know, and 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 the and and my thing is is okay. This we is just have devolve. to contextualize all. You're, this okay, wait, well, okay, all right, all right. Let me let me just okay. I, I I hear what you're saying about a lot of this, but let me just let me just throw this out here. It's interesting to hear you guys talk about Jordan Love in this context mm-hmm. and the, what you see uh, as far as oh, overcoming adversity, whatever you want to talk about in regards to his supporting cast, etc. Or coaching changes. I get all that, but it's so interesting to me. That and this is a, a wider thing. This is probably way more than just the Packers. I'm talking about just the draft industrial complex in mm-hmm. general, of which you guys certainly fall into at this point because you do extensive draft coverage, etc. It's always so interesting to me that entities that need to produce content, which obviously PFF falls into, Cheesehead TV is no different. Um, but this idea and or need to look at what a guy has done in college especially coming off his last year in college and then making these determinations completely almost not entirely, but almost in a vacuum as opposed and say and labeling it as opposed to looking at whatever situation he's landed in and then trying to project forward. It's always this idea of, Oh, you know what? He had a really bad senior year. He's with this team and now he's, he's going to be, uh, everything we saw his senior year yeah. with no idea, no concept or no um, nod to the fact that, hey, guess what? He's in this situation where he gets to sit for at least a year, probably two or three. And then we'll see what happens. Much like, oh, say the guy he's probably going to replace who sat for a couple years and looked, by the way, really bad his first couple summers and then suddenly looked good. For what it's worth. The- for what it's worth, our Jordan, system does that. Jordan Love was my favorite. Yeah, but pick. you wouldn't know it but, listening but to I, you guys. I would like. I would like. And we, in fairness to us, for a second, I think we try. <laughs> always in fairness to you, Jordan. Always in fairness. <laughs> um, I do think we try, and maybe it's not to the level we should. And this is a good call out by you. Try to explain some of the methodology because I vividly remember. Eric and I sitting in a conference room upstairs that where the, the air conditioning did not work. So both of us looked um, disastrous and it smelled bad. And we were trying to come up with this, this strategy. Sounds like my apartment here in New York. Yeah, <laughs> with that. It'll be winter soon. Um, yeah, and we were God. trying to come up with the strategy for, okay, how do we project? Because you're right. It's about projection. And it's about projection into the That's NFL. The whole gig, right? Into yeah, the NFL. Exactly. Not what they were before. But yeah. all that we have is to look at what they did before. And it's more than just looking at... No question. It's more than just looking at, here's their overall PFF grade, because there's so much nuance in college. And so we we thought about that and we said, okay, this has to be a really careful and intentional projection system. And so I want Eric to explain it um, a little bit, because I honestly think... (laughs) I love how you pass it off to Eric. So here's the thing. No, no. I'm really earnest. I'm going to have Eric explain. No, the reason I'm having explain it, not that I couldn't, but he did a lot of the legwork on it, and I want... So I want to give him the opportunity to, um, and and I'm happy to tie up any loose ends. But I honestly think it'll answer a ton of the questions. I'm going to ask Aaron a leading question, similar (laughs) to the leading, do defenses matter? Okay. I love it. Aaron, is Kirk Cousins a good quarterback? Like a really good quarterback? Well, those are two different things, right? Okay, so is he a really I good was about quarterback? To answer, I was about to answer yes until you said really. Okay, is he a really good quarterback? No. 
So my answer, and I agree with you, but my answer is he can be if circumstances are great, right? So yet last season, Kirk led the league in passer rating on rollouts. They ran a ton right. of play action. They had yep. they had an e- even easier schedule than your Packers getting to play. Well, you guys got to play Matt Moore too, but Matt Moore, David Blau, <laughs> ah, uh, Chase Daniel, blah, blah, blah. I'll tell you what, nothing better has ever happened to Kirk Cousins than getting Gary Kubiak in the same building. That's all I'll say. Yeah, Ooh, I, I have some questions shape. about Gary being the no, coordinator dude. on a like, full-time just, basis just because physical. But I let's, agree. Let's, I agree. Let's but stick to this, though. But so I like the where you're headed. So, the delineated reads, the high to low, like, dude. But all, all, in, all in. So if we project a quarterback from college to pro and we say, look, this team's going to run 20% play action and they're going to move the pocket twice, 2% of the time, and his throws – you know he's going to hold on to the ball an average of 2.7 seconds, yada, yada, yada. There are very few quarterbacks who are going to succeed in those circumstances. Patrick Mahomes, maybe. Vintage Rodgers. Vintage Rodgers, yeah. for sure. Right, right. Andrew yeah. Luck. Guys like that are going to succeed. Yeah. Kirk Cousins is going to suck if you give <laughs> him perturbations. Right What's yep. his diet? Plant-based? Yeah. <laughs> he was the first ever big oh. nine Vikings free agent that get, didn't get taken to Manny's. Right. I heard Manny's, though. Manny well, has taken it's a dive. Amazing. A dive. It's probably whatever at this point, which might mean I can I afford him. I can't even believe I'm here for this moment. That's amazing. Yeah. Thank so, you. thank you for including I, me. So, Kirk Cousins. So, like, I think, a, I think when I think of Kirk Cousins, I think of somebody for whom those parameters affect play substantially. Mm-hmm. And no doubt. no doubt, I think of Patrick Mahomes as a one percenter. The one percent of the time, sure. this is what we got. Right, yep. Jordan Love. Yep. If you look at his projection, the one per- the one percentile is mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes. The median is kind of a yep. below average quarterback. But if you give him good circumstances, maybe like Green Bay will. Although I'll challenge the, I'll, I think Green Bay is a great organization. They've only had one short term head coach in the last fuck, three three decades with uh, the Ray Rhodes yep. year. Ray Rhodes year. I yep. don't know. Ness, like the the good thing about them is they bought themselves time with the Lafleur with the thirteen and three record this past year, but no I don't know if what applied to Rodgers and what applied to Favre with Holmgren is necessarily the same thing as what applies to to Jordan Love with Lafleur. But of assuming course that's not. true, no, 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 I hear you. There's I a lot you. of good things. I would have rather him showed up here than to Detroit, or I'd rather him show up oh here. Oh my God, than to India. Well, and this is. I'll just say this real quick, and I'm sorry, I'll let you finish your point, but I will say this is the thing, exactly what you are talking about right now is the thing I hammer on every draft season that drives me insane about people making lists and the draft industrial complex and all of it completely divorces itself seemingly from the fit aspect and the idea of where these guys land way more. I mean, a hundred billion percent more. If we want to get all math on us, uh, that's a nice number. Plays way more into how their career is going to play out than you know whatever college yeah. tape you want to watch. And, and that's and the, the problem. The, I get. I agree with that. The hard part about the predictive space, though, is like take Detroit. Jim Caldwell is like is a Detroit Lions coach that led the team to three winning seasons out of four years and gets fired. Like right. in the history of the freak, Wayne Fonts wasn't even that good, and the, <laughs> and and they stuck with him forever. Yeah. And they yeah. fired oh, and they it. fired Caldwell and got like stability. Like predicting scheme is is almost impossible in the NFL, except for 
you know, New England, Kansas City, maybe, right. I mean, San Francisco yeah, now, yeah, maybe we'll Green see. Bay at this point. But even right. then, like, McCarthy, McCarthy's scheme evolved, right, from oh, know, yeah. early no doubt. on. No doubt. So, like, no doubt. the idea of – Very different. I agree yep. with you that we're not – we de- we need to draw distributions for these guys. It's we an need, inexact science. We need to say it's it's a very well, no qu- yes, inexact yes. science. We need to say Jordan Love no can be good. We can't dismiss him and say he's going to suck in every single simulation of the universe. That <laughs> and that might be that might be where <sighs> that how that's how it's taken. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, when you when you condense it into 140 characters or fewer on no, Twitter, well, they, they, that's what happens. But, and that's the problem. But what Eric was saying about Kirk Cousins is that the way that we project uh, players from college to the pros is we look at their unique grading profiles in different situations in college. So it's not just about rolling it all up, right? It's about looking at context for those plays. How did they perform on those plays? And then it's about projecting them into a situation in the NFL. Like he said, Depending yeah. on the context, there are two. At, so if I look at the 95th percentile for Jordan Love, right, he has a projection with comps like Cam Newton, Lamar Jackson, the MVPs of the NFL in terms of passing yeah. efficiency. You see, I mean, that's the thing. You see it; it's all there on tape. But if I look at his, his fifth ability, I you know, Aaron, you've been spoiled because your favorite team has never had bad quarterback play except for Seneca Wallace and Scott Tolzien. <laughs> sir, like a one- sir. Brett Hummel. Sir, Brett Hummel. I grew brutal. up. I grew up with Randy Wright and David uh, Whitehurst. Please, Anthony Dillwig. Um, but if you look I'm at his fifth you. percentile, it's Rosen, Gabbert, Colt yeah, McCoy, no Ponder, EJ no Manuel. And and in defense, and in defense of this pick, which we have, we both said uh, we we're on the record of saying that was our favorite pick that the Packers made because it, you yeah because you hated the rest of the draft no no, no. it's not even it's not even about that it's about understanding where you can win games and not just where you can win games where you can win super bowls because that's the goal right yeah. it's not to be right. mediocre it's not to have Kirk cousins i, I would argue well, that right you would rather fail quickly now i wonder if nfl teams have the ability to fail quickly in this day and age we see what the bears did with the, the right. Mitchell Trubisky disaster are but, continuing. The Bears right. are continuing. It's to a, do. it's yeah. brutal. Yeah. But I am all on board with the look. You're trying to win Super Bowls. Pick players that can actually help you do that, and that you can hopefully find out about quickly. And if they're willing to find out about them in practice, and and say, hey, in two years from now, we're going to take another quarterback, or next year we're going to take another quarterback, do it. Yeah, I like. Well, here's the here's the thing ahead. that kills me though is. Everybody and you guys, you guys are smart guys. I've talked to you. Well, thanks. We've, we've discussed. Thanks, Aaron. Despite everything you put on social, you guys are smart. <laughs> um, you know, so I know you know this, and I know most people who I admire and cover the league and our analysts know this, but they get caught up in this moment of whatever during the draft or during whenever they're on social, etc., where we always talk about how oh yeah yeah the worst time to look for a quarterback is when you need one yet when a team actually goes out and gets a quarterback when they don't need one all of a sudden all hell breaks loose and it's a terrible pick and what do they do why didn't they get rogers help and here's the other part of it is why it's hilarious to me that what you guys were talking about a little earlier aaron Rodgers and how he was Superman for a while and he's not anymore. And oh, he a fraudulent 13 and 3 team had this quote unquote terrible draft where they're looking to the future, but you just said they were fraudulent and they are building 
their program as though they weren't 13 and three last year. No, it's very so smart. It see it seems to me that Green Bay knows what they're doing. Like they are building it continuously. And that's why they've been successful for, you know, essentially since the early 90s. Well, I think I think in the same way that that 2008 team that I told you about didn't panic, right? Cuz what was right. it? Was it Mark Murphy or somebody? Or I can't remember who it was, but basically they said after that season, like we know that we know that we know that this is this guy's. They signed Rodgers to right. an extension midway through that season. They yeah. were not. They scared saw about like the they, they literally saw like a handful, like I think about eight starts, and they were like, "Yep, yeah. that's the guy." So that team, to your point, isn't looking at that six and ten team and saying tear it all apart. I think in '09 they switched to the three four, which took some growing pains and stuff, but then. Just like this, this Packers team doesn't look at thirteen and three from last year and say we're the pinnacle, right? They know that there's a number of things they need right. to get better, and you know they have to probably, to your point, get better just to stay the same. That, but I, I think that that like sort of well, underscores. Now we here's, here's we the don't thing. Agree, we don't the thing about the this approach, though. So, Aaron, you, yeah. the fact of the matter is that this draft matter. One player matters. Jordan Love matters. That's that's it. That's it. That's it. That's the, the fact pick. that they took and, tight ends and fullbacks and whatever the hell afterwards. And everything you guys hate. Players the, the to be AJ, named later. The, the fact that A.J. Dillon made you guys absolutely short circuit will never AJ be. A.J. Dillon had good projections funny for us. A.J. Dillon has great quads. He's fast. But no, he's but they took a running back in the great second quads. round. And right. that's, that's stupid, yeah. etc. I mean, it, I get it's it. mathematically I get it. unsound. Do you prefer that? But so – that's fine. Mathematically unsound is a billion <laughs> times more preferable to, oh, they're having a terrible draft. Anyways. It is. Um, I, hey, I, wait, wait, wait. Let me ask you this. Okay, you find AJ Dillon's right. comps right here. So here's my thing. Yeah, well, you, you, you comp all you want. Here's my thing. If you're a scout at heart, a guy who has gone on the road and talked to not only the players, but the coaches, the guy's teachers, the guy who maybe uh, cleaned up after the kid, whatever. And you've been tracking him since his freshman year at Boston College. Mm -hmm. And you know he is the best of the best as far as humanity has to offer. Mm -hmm. And you know he kills it on the football field. There's nothing you will ever ask this man to do where he will not excel, whether it is carrying the football, catching it out of the backfield, blocking, blitzing linebackers, et cetera and you want him on your football team, and that is the pro type of program you're building, I have zero problems expending a second-round pick on that gentleman, who I'm going to give, by the way, uh, a decent amount of coin to come represent my program. Yeah, and, and I, I have I, zero doubt with that. And look, I understand that there is this large swath of the Internet, of you know what analytics, what have you, draft industrial complex, whatever, who talks about the devaluation of running backs, how certain things should be valued, etc. I completely understand that intellectually. But football is way more of a personality slash relationship business than you guys will ever give it credit for. And I understand that. That's your gig. But to be so dismissive of that aspect is what kind of drives right. me nuts. I mean, I, I, I would say I would say that's that's something we're dismissive of at all. I mean, we've talked most of the people we've had on here really? have been... Well, I, here's what I would say about it, Aaron, because I, I agree with you. I, I am very much that the person matters. What I would say in in response to you is how can we... Do we know that we're good at evaluating it? 
because I, I sure this guy has talked to all the people AJ Dillon knows. Maybe that's true. You know, maybe he's literally been with him every day of of mm-hmm. his life. I don't think that's true, but maybe it is. Not with him every day, but like knows everything about him. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I just would be, I would question, like, how well does that person actually well, and I, know? I would just say that the this issue- person's, uh, you know, this person, are they going to be the president of the United States? Like, I, I just, to me, that is a little bit overvaluing things that, yeah, they matter, but they don't matter on the well, football field. Well, it's sort of field. like a god of the well, gaps type they of thing, don't, isn't it? They don't, they don't matter to you because you can sit here on the internet and look at it dispassionately. You don't but have to go to work with them every day. But, you don't have to sit in the locker room with but them. Drafting, you don't have to tell them on, on third and eight that you, okay, let this guy through so he can slip in and I can let my quarterback go roll out and hit a big, you know, whatever. But isn't like, letting your heart get the best of you when science is telling you to do one thing, like a proven, just bad way to do things? What is science? Wait, so PFF is science now? Is that what you're I mean, about? I'm talking about math. I, I'm just talking I'm about, about using, We're not even, like, Aaron, I'm not, throw, it's not about, it's not about me. It's, it's throw, not about PFF throw, at all. Throw our data out of here. Yeah. Like just any publicly available second. set of data. The 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 only issue with the running back, and, I, and granted, everybody gives Green Bay flack for not drafting a wide receiver there. And you know, given where they picked Dylan at at sixty two, a number of receivers had come off the board. the The issue with picking him there was you could have probably gotten him later. A so you're sort of giving up value there by not trading back or something like that. And again. To your point, we don't necessarily we don't know, know what's and being offered. Also, we don't we don't know if they tried or not. Yeah, we don't right. know what's being offered. But yeah. the other thing, the, the 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 thing about it is, is we're just looking for you know sort of the best, like trying to get the best portfolio of players, which we think will have the biggest bang for your buck. And when we right. look at Green Bay, we see a running back in Aaron Jones, who's one of the league's best. We no see a situation where the team, even with a top, you know, probably top two or three, but at least three receiver in the in the division, one of the best receivers in the game. Oh, I was wondering if we were going to go here. Yeah, yeah. but but okay. but like you have one of the best receivers in football on your team. Green Bay's Aaron Rodgers' heyday was when they were trotting out Jennings, Driver, Cobb, Finley, right. Jordy. It is most certainly not Aaron Rodgers' heyday anymore. Mm-hmm. And and when we look at, I mean, saying because part of the context that you're talking about is how can you evaluate Rodgers if he's not given the same deck of cards that he had early in his career. We say the same thing about McCarthy, too. Because you know he's not the same quarterback. But, I mean, this is the other thing. But no You're quarterback prefers receivers that are you worse, also right? know that You also know that Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones are in the last years of their deals. So you are very much projecting forward to, I could lose one or both of these guys. But, oh, and by the way, when and if I do, here comes A.J. Dillon. I mean, you know uh, what I mean? Look, like, a, a former top four pick. A guy pick. you love. Former top four pick currently available on the open market. Just saying. Yeah, what, I would, would, would that. Fat Lenny fit in in the in the frozen tundra, hey, Aaron? Maybe if maybe if they had done a little bit more uh, more of the work I'm talking about. More reconnaissance. Him, as far as like, I mean, the, and there were players. There were players. Him. You talk about getting a quarterback. Yeah, they went to take him fourth overall. I, I talk think about this boils a, down to the fact that you're you're you and and us we approach the same problem differently. The problem being that football much. is complicated. Yes. Right? There's no like, doubt about we that. agree on no that. doubt about it. I mean, I, there's complicated, but here's my here's my favorite thing when it comes to everything I've consumed with PFF, which I love, by the way. Here's the thing: is like I feel I, I know I I come off as adversarial towards PFF a lot. I very much, and I cannot stress this enough, value what not only you guys do, but PF does PFF does in general. I think it is incredibly 
uh, valuable and fantastic. All right, we're going to take a quick break because I got to tell you a little bit about uh, the kickoff 30 promo. So you're trying to cram for your fantasy draft. I'm trying to, I'm literally trying to cram. I had one last night. I used our stuff. Yes. I, I mean, I'm. this is how I plan on doing yeah. my fantasy draft. So kickoff 30 promo gets you 30% off of any PFF subscription. So that means you can get PFF Edge, which gives you all the fantasy stuff. I'm telling you, like Ian Harditz and his... His articles are like thousands of words long. We have expected points added, or expected yes, fantasy, fantasy points expected on the, on points site. tools coming up. Uh, it'll be out probably when you're listening to this podcast. Um, all of the ranks we have like six different rankers, all of whom are really good. Uh, our fantasy projections, and you get thirty percent off. And if you are someone that's inclined perhaps to bet on games, perhaps NCAA, there's going to be a lot of them, hopefully, and NFL games, there will be a lot of them. You can get an elite subscription, which gets you, of course, the um, uh, green line dashboard. So all of the projections that we have for uh, NCAA and NFL games, plus a pretty sexy props tool. I'm very excited about the props tool. Props market is where you want to be this year. PFF will hook you up. So kick off 30, 30% off. Do it. All right. But Appreciate what I find it. You have to clip that, that, George. That, yeah. I got, okay. But now I've got that out of the way. What I find hilarious, though, is that, and you just mentioned it, uh, Devontae Adams being maybe a top three receiver, et cetera. What, however you want to classify him as. Your, 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 little, your little bit earlier this offseason about who's the best wide receiver in the NFC North, where you didn't even include Devontae Adams hey. until there was so much blowback online. I have a and great story about that. So I, I, think George, I think George reassessed his evaluation there. Because but I got more literally data. Literally, your own metrics. You're talking about oh, the Packers are a fraudulent thirteen and three team. Oh, blah 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 blah. Like everything is past. That's what we're looking at to project forward. Literally, Devonte Adams graded higher than anybody else in the NFC North, and yet not one of you picked Devonte Adams as the best wide receiver so, in the NFC. So I want to let you know, it absolutely my... blows my mind. Okay, I have, I have a story for this. So when I asked this question, the, I had done a little bit of research. I was trying to decide uh, between the two of those guys. Now, first off, I told you this beforehand. I'm from Menlo Park, adjacent to Palo Alto. Mm-hmm. I love both Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. Like, right. I legitimately root for them because of the Bay Area thing. Right. And w- Kenny Galladay is ascending. His wins above replacement He's actually the about way, the same. Was about the by same. By the way, I fucking love him. Right, I love him it, as a as so, a player. I think so, he's phenomenal. Okay, so I'm I'm going I'm going. Okay, I'm going to ask this question, and I'm going to get Devonte Adams twice, and I'm going to come <laughs> over the top with what about Kenny Galladay? Now right, I'm right. doing a podcast with clearly someone who has a little bit of Minnesota Vikings lean to him <laughs> over here, and Matthew Collar. Right, right. So I ask right. this question, and these two dudes immediately go elsewhere. Than Devontae Adams. I'm like, what is going on? How are we forgetting Devontae Adams? I couldn't I couldn't see from my take Wait, about so Kenny Galladay. Pre production on this shit? No, this is I'm just so. saying I was prepared. I thought I was trying to predict how these guys would think. I thought they would talk <laughs> right. about Devontae Adams, how great he was. Right. Instead we get Adam Thielen music. I was taken off guard. Oh, I wasn't gonna back Adam down. Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen was literally posited as the best wide receiver in the NFC North. That's I thought that that's was a little absurd. much. Feeling, feeling that's absurd. Feeling and I love feeling as a wide receiver. Has the highest absurd. wins above replacement for a non-quarterback in the Vikings in 
since PFF sort of handled the advice. Thielen's good. That's I'm amazing. not saying he's not good. I'm I, really happy for him. I'm not <laughs> saying he's not good. And and to, to your point, Aaron, we had uh, Josh Hermsmeyer on here, who, by the way, probably irks you love, every love once in a while, too, with some of the no, things no, he hey, says. Hey, hey, shout out to Josh. He totally irks me uh, at times, but he also does phenomenal work. Does Awesome. No one irks me the way Ben Baldwin does, though. Oh, we're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. But, right. but we had him that, on the, the we way. had him on the podcast, and he talked I about he, he talked about um, this separation study that he did, and it really it opened my eyes to the brilliance of Devontae Adams. It was honestly one of the reasons that, looking back on that Seahawks Packers game, I wish I had thought a about the fraudulence of the Seahawks, particularly on defense and their inability to fucking cover anybody. <laughs> and, right. and, well, and, but, and but and but and he brought up the the simple fact that Devonte Adams just fucking gets open. Yeah, and so Indeed. I I do Evil think does. Kenny Galladay would be a close number two. We underrated in that game the ability, and we've learned about this this offseason. We fucking studied it afterwards. The ability <laughs> still we, should have fucking covered. We under we <laughs> underrated Matt Lafleur's ability to to put Devonte Adams on the worst that the Seattle defense had to offer. And that is something... Do you think Matt LaFleur thought Ugo Amadi would ever be in the goddamn game on well, an important but, but third he also, down? He was, no, wait, 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 but here's, here's what irked me more than... This is funny, too, because, like, this is something that has irked me literally since that thing aired that you guys did prior to the game. And everyone glommed onto the defense as a matter thing, mm-hmm. mostly because Corey made so much hay about it, and so I just kind of went with it, etc. But the clip, and we put it in our social kind of mm-hmm. preview for this podcast where Eric, you're asking the questions, George, you're answering what I think the very first thing you ask in that clip is, is Matt LaFleur better than Schottenheimer? <laughs> Dudes, <laughs> I'm here to tell you right now, Matt LaFleur is so much better than any Schottenheimer that has graced the Whoa, sidelines wow. of the Seattle Seahawks king Game. So, so he, he's got a ways before he gets Marty, Marty's level. I though. didn't say Marty. I okay. said anybody who's graced the sidelines of a Seattle Seahawks game. Wow. So this wow. idea that Matt LaFleur is this new. We have a real difference. Young, I get he's good looking. I get we're all jealous. I understand. I'm not. But he can, can coach. <laughs> he can coach. I, I want to talk about Matt LaFleur because here was one of the data points that I've that I pulled up. Um to support my our, our claim about the Your thirteen thesis. the thirteen yes. win team, right? There were two teams in the NFL last year that had a yards per play less than six and one mm-hmm. more than one ten. One was Green Bay Packers. No one was Green Bay Packers, and the other was our Buffalo Bills. <laughs> <laughs> so I know, I, I love, you know, I, and I love this idea that a, a coach, a head coach in the NFL is only measured by his offensive production. Yeah, but Aaron, you got to... Because he has an offensive background. And he, you're going to give Matt LaFleur credit for the defense now? I give Matt LaFleur credit for pushing all the right buttons. Ooh. This is a team that, like, gelled inexplicably after completely fracturing under Mike McCarthy. Yeah. That doesn't just happen. Hmm. And I get it. I get it. I get it. It's not quantifiable. It's not something you can point to on a spreadsheet. I get that. And I understand the spreadsheet thing is a very touchy subject when talking to analytical people. I don't use but spreadsheets. I get it. I but Hey, props to you. But anytime you <laughs> use a spreadsheet, people are like, oh, yeah, yeah. I know, I get it. Whatever. I, but 
Matt LaFleur and being a head coach seem to work really well together. And I understand that his offense is a bit predictable. Hell, Aaron Jones's brother literally tweeted out during a Packers game live, Packers offense, so predictable. Because it is. Mm-hmm. And that is something he's growing into. He's literally been a play caller for two years in the NFL. That's not to say, not, it's not to dismiss it or to give him a pass. It's something he needs to work on. There's zero question about it. But there are a trillion other things involved with being a head coach yep. than calling plays or producing a high yards per play average. Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing. So what's what's cool about the NFL is, so we have Lafleur as an OC in Tennessee. We have him kind of coaching right. in LA, but not really having a whole lot in the way of uh, you know, responsibility. Tangible evidence of what yeah. he's doing. But what, right. we, what we're going to have is another season on him being the head coach in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. And much mm-hmm. like, you know, I, you know, watching the Packers in 06, I thought McCarthy was a boob. 07, <laughs> I'm kind of like, okay, this team's better than, <sighs> honestly, the 07 team punched above their weight class. Favre didn't play all that great in 07, and they made the NFC title game, probably should have won. Right. 08. 100% should have won. They, McCarthy he was, was an ascending right coach. And yep. it took us a long time he, to hey, realize he was He declining. was running the modern version of what we call RPOs in this league yeah. back in 07 so, with Favre. So I would say... I would say that the book is still out on Lafleur, but last season was encouraging as a head coach. Oh, you think so? That's, and that's and that's more I, than fair. I don't. More than fair. I, you're I, encouraged. I just that. couldn't believe you guys gave Schottenheimer the crown, run, run past King that he is yeah. over Matt Lafleur. I mean, but they were. I mean, they're the third down concepts that Seattle runs to get Wilson. I mean. I don't know. I Wilson was a more productive quarterback over the last. You know, I feel like Mina Kimes should be here to like get the whole like. This seems to be like very much Green Bay versus Seattle at this point. But which is an interesting uh, topic of conversation. Which one do you think is the better team this year? That's a really good question. I love John Schneider. I hate Pete Carroll, so I'm I'm emotionally torn. <laughs> I tend to think the Packers will be a little better. Probably because I'm a homer, but also yeah. because I've spent two weeks in Green Bay watching this squad. And and this is the other thing. A development is so huge in Green Bay. We have zero question about the idea of Brian Gutekunst at this point very much wants to follow the Ted Thompson model as far as letting guys develop. Obviously, a bit of a blip on the radar last season when he brought in lots of free agents and spent a lot of money. But there's zero doubt Green Bay will rise and fall this year on the strength of their draft class, not this year, but last year. Mm-hmm. Guys like Rashawn Gary, Darnell Savage, Jay Sternberger, they will tell the tale. And I think from what I've seen the last two weeks, I think they've got a pretty damn good team. I obviously don't know what Seattle's put together. I haven't watched them yeah. day in and day out. But overall, yeah, I think Green Bay will probably All right, be let's, a better team. Let's get, let's get talking about the, the betting odds for the NFC North. Yes. Right. Oh, Good. here okay. we go. Because because when the off season opened, now let's lose some money. Yeah. I grew up. I grew up in Minnesota. I am a recovering Vikings fan. Very I, much. I have absolutely <laughs> zero respect for the current Vikings team. I think they're going to be terrible. Didn't however, did you know this, Aaron? I didn't know this. However, I didn't. I'm, I'm learning as we go. <laughs> however, they are currently after the draft, which I think is overrated, especially with respect to Green Bay. Mm-hmm. They are currently the favorite to win the NFC North, and 
plus 165. Green Bay rings in at plus 190. The Chicago Bears at 370. And our Detroit Lions at plus 500. Aaron. (laughs) Well, what what do you, what say you? Ask, let, let me let's start with this question because okay. I think here's the way to phrase it, Aaron. Right. You said yes. you believe the Packers are the best team in in the NFC North. That seems to come out. Yes, who, I who, do. Y- I you do. do. You do. Who's their biggest challenger? What's the team that scares you the most? If they're coming in, it's a must win game. Honestly, it's the Bears. Oh my God! No question. No question. Aaron. No question. No. It's not okay. even a question. All right, let's hear it. Not even a question. Talk to okay, me. Go for Talk it. to me. Look, you Say look it. at the Vikings, and look, you gotta you got to contextualize this in the sense of this year, this offseason, or lack thereof, a pandemic. Guys have been doing Zooms for months. Now they've been on the field for two weeks, and now they're going to go play games that matter in two weeks from now. Um, I think Mike Zimmer is a hell of a coach. I think Matt LaFleur – knows what's up against that defense. The Packers turned it over three times back in December, still won the game. Now, yes, the Vikings were absolutely dealing with injuries, but the Packers walked up and down the field against them week two last year. Again, Mike they Zimmer, didn't Matt score Lewis, after like the first quarter. Though. After the first, because Geronimo Allison fumbled and everything. Okay. Went it's down. the story of what okay. about but, the okay. defense, but that's defense not, but that's right. not, but that's not what I'm worried about. Okay. That's not what I'm worried about. All right. I think those are matchups. I I expect they'll probably split. I'll I'll be thrilled beyond belief if they win Week One because it's a tough place to play, crowd mm-hmm. or no. Uh, but you know, back in the day, well, Holmgren was in town. If you split the NFC North, you were you were doing pretty good. Um, the Bears and their defense still very legit. Keem Hicks is one of the best players that no one ever talks about. Uh, there's zero question that they have <laughs> whatever they're doing at quarterback. Uh, which we apparently won't know until week one. The suspense, but by I the think, way, killing me. I, oh, yeah, killing me. Totally killing me. <laughs> I mean, Nagy's going to abandon the run no matter who's at quarterback, so what, it doesn't really matter. How many How but, many prayers but, is Nagy saying you look at, that look Trubisky at, steps up? Jeez. But so look at, look at, go back look at that game in Lambeau last year against the Bears. Yes, yeah. the Packers. the Packers scored early. The Bears held on. And if Trubisky's not the quarterback – there's a good chance the Bears win that game. Hmm. I see the Bears as a team that is competent quarterback play away from being a real issue week in and week out. Whereas with the Vikings, yes, you got Kirk Cousins, you got you got Cook, you've got yeah. uh, Thielen, you've got some weapons. But they've how many rookies do they have in that program? A how lot. many guys in the secondary who you don't know the names of unless you're a diehard Vikings fan or a real nerd in an IDP league uh, in the secondary who, you know, teams can really pick apart. Now, that's obviously in addition to the fact that they just made this trade. They've got two pass rushers who will undoubtedly get after the quarterback. But to me, the team that worries me as a Packers fan is not the Vikings. It's the Bears. It's, yeah. so I think the Vikings are a 6-10 and 10 team. This is this because is of all the things you said. What, what Aaron just said should make you so happy because it is the biggest backhanded slap, roundhouse <laughs> kick to Kirk Cousins that I've heard on this podcast. It was brilliant. It was so perfect. You didn't mention his name one time. I didn't say him once, and right? And you just buried him. you don't him. need to. You buried you him. But, but you made a great point. Because you so, don't worry about him. He can so, be efficient. There's no doubt about so it. So you made a great point. And, and I think it's this. 
you're not worried about Kirk Cousins when it matters. You're, you're pretty confident, in fact, that Kirk Cousins is actually not going to step up when you need him to. Nick Foles has, might... Has he yet? Right, no. No, no against, against mean, New Orleans. I, oh, that's fair. Okay. That's all right, fair. All right, all right. And thank God for that. Yeah. That was fun to watch. That's true. Um, but, but the point you bring up is like, look, if you get... If you have to be in that one crucial situation, Nick Foles kind of scares you. Because this dude, right? he does. Right? A little bit. I mean, here's the other thing. Like, Maybe. he bounced around. Does he not? He was almost, he Nick, was literally Nick almost is, out of the league. And then Philadelphia picks him up. Nick Foles is all upside. Yeah. No, that's true. Yeah, and Nagy, I mean, really, and Nagy was Nagy the guy that rehabilitated the, him in Kansas City. Thank you. Yeah. Who, who, who literally is pulling the you're not on worried, offense. You're not worried about guy that comes out in his average. Yeah. You're worried no. about guy and that comes out form. and lights it well, up. Well, Aaron, I, here's and I agree with you. I think the Bears are going to be better than the Vikings this year. The Vikings <laughs> having to start three new corners. They have no NFL interior defensive linemen. They're going to cut their left tackle tomorrow if he doesn't take a pay cut. Uh, <laughs> I mean – that's imminent, they, right? They don't have a sec. Their wide receivers are worse than Green Bay's. All this kind of stuff. I agree. Why? And I know you're just going to say, well, look, the Lions haven't played a home playoff game since Brett Favre's first career. Oh, I love it. Are we going Lions? Are we talking Lions? Why? Explain to me why Detroit doesn't at least garner a mention. Yes. Well, no, it's okay. Well, it's not that they don't garner a mention. It's the idea of you asked which was the team, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The team. What? So, and I, I know with all the discussion around week one, the Packers open in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. So that gets the mention. But look, Detroit led the Packers literally every second of the game, except for the final kick in both contests yep. last year. So it's not like you can dismiss them, but they're still the Lions. I mean, come on. I mean, let's be real here. It's Matt Patricia and trying to be Belichick light. Uh, Quinn's holding light? on for his job. You know, <laughs> okay, extra light. Diet, I don't know, however you want to phrase it. No diet there. There's just It's just hard to take them seriously. Now, all of that said, I will say Stafford was balling yes. out prior to getting injured last year. How I mean, good. legit balling out. If well, the I, Bears have Matt Stafford, they're the oh, favorite to win the division. They're a favorite to win the division, Yeah, yeah. I would say. Th- so, that, and, that's, and that's the thing that pushes the lines over the top for me and probably you, which is – Start with the quarterback. Go to the ancillary pieces second. I also think for some of these coaches... And I get they have no pass rush. ...that are in the middle of the pack. (laughs) Right. I think coaches in the middle of the pack, we are too easy to dismiss either way. (laughs) So, like, take... Think about Doug Marone for a second. Oh, I think a lot of people have been thinking (laughs) Doug Marone today. The current consensus is that Doug Marone is a huge boob right now, Right. Yeah. Like all this. That's the thing, though. I think he's a good football Same. coach. He well, so, should just have no say against. But, it, but uh, if you re, if you reorder the years, right? How different is he right. than Matt Patricia? No, yeah. I hear you. Yeah, because he's he's I had mean, two dog wait, years okay. in a row. Are you are you are you positing that Matt Patricia is not a huge boot? Because I'm I mean, saying, what evidence is there to suggest otherwise? Well, I'm as saying far that because like Romeo Cornell had a ten and six year for the Cleveland Browns. Todd Haley. <laughs> and and my, Scott Pioli 
And right. they had in a ten Kansas and six City. year for my Chiefs. Now it was a fraudulent wait, ten and wait, six year. These are your Chiefs now? Is that how that goes? Dude, oh, well, was, are you not whoever? Do you not know no, this, Aaron? Who, wait, this is the former Minnesota Vikings fan oh, who, whose boy. franchise will never win a Super Bowl. Oh boy! Oh, okay, all of a sudden a team wins the Super Bowl. And now they're your Chiefs. No. Okay, I get it. I uh, my friend I Eric. My friend I Eric is Mormon with respect to his favorite teams. I'm it's not, though. Polyam- have, no, it's a polyamorous relationship. This is fake. Yes, you have a very testy, off-and-on-again <laughs> relationship with the Minnesota Vikings, and you it. and the Kansas City Chiefs so much. sleep so soundly next <laughs> yeah, to each yeah. other every night after having a nice glass of Chardonnay. <sighs> I will I say, I have. So much. it has been a long time since I rooted for the Vikings but I will say for that for that one touchdown pass against Philadelphia in the <laughs> NFC title game three years ago, I let I let my guard down for a second. I love it. And but any, anyway, so my Kansas City out. Chiefs from 2010 went 10 right. and six. Sure. Every one of these dogs has their day. Mm-hmm. No question. I would. And say, who knows when it comes up? I hear you. I would say I that you. Patricia, especially now, like all of this, like the stuff where you look at like. Matt Patricia was the literally first coach that supported his players in a walkout of a practice. Like there are some of those no, no things doubt. where no doubt where there where yeah, he sucked the first two years, objectively. Yeah. Jim Caldwell was a great coach they should have never gotten rid of. But Correct. like I think I I think we're discounting him too much. I, I have been using I'm curious your I thoughts mean, on this metric, Aaron. So I agree. It's I, the, I, I for the record, Eric, I very much agree. I I mostly take shots at the Lions because it's easy. <laughs> And Patricia just happens to be Patricia just happens to be the figurehead at the moment. Uh, but I agree. I think he is a good coach. Here's the here's the metric I'm using, which is the quarterback that sends out a text to the whole team and says, "Hey, let's do Zoom beers <laughs> or something," and gets right. the most positive response. Matt oh, Stafford man. sends that out and gets oh. sixty five gung ho fuck yes. No Kirk doubt. Cousins sends it out and gets oh, Adam, no. like Adam Thielen says, "Have you hey, seen buddy. his grill? Hey buddy, no one sorry, wants to go to that grill. <laughs> hey buddy, sorry, I've got I've got yoga with the wife. Kirk tonight. is like Kirk is a very good mercenary. Okay, that, that's oh, what he is. God. Nick Foles, yeah. Nick Foles doesn't have more than twenty of the Bears numbers to do that. No, not even close. Yep, and, he's probably at Bible study anyway. And, and I don't say that to knock Bible study, but that's what he's doing. And when Aaron Rodgers sends it out, people are so terrified to respond no that, oh, like, they'll get a horse head a in there. <laughs> thousand percent correct. Yep. No which, one wants which, to by the way, cross did you guys, 12. Never. Not not to belabor this, but I thought Rodgers' interview with, with Brand was really good. I, thought he, awesome. I loved it. He came off it. as, like, a complete non-dickhead. Let's talk about Rodgers here. <laughs> Let's talk about Rodgers. Because nice. I right. he is one of the hardest guys for me to deal with because – Look, our job is to do math. You don't do have math. to deal with them. What are you talking about? To talk oh, about. Oh, you mean? Just right. to, just yeah. to, He's like, hard to evaluate. Just to compartmentalize yes. in my mind. Because I, gotcha. I remember I gotcha. being a Niners fan. I'm still a Niners fan. But I remember that draft. I remember wanting Aaron Rodgers really badly. I've always rooted right. for him. I love the chip on the shoulder he plays with. The mm-hmm. pl- there are like maybe 15 plays that I'll never forget. And Rodgers, <laughs> Rodgers throws are like five of them. And yep. I'm not even a Packers keeps, fan. And he just keeps adding to it. I he, love it. And, yep. and his attitude, as as Dick as shown in that interview, is just so cool. He has mm-hmm. he's thoughtful. He's intelligent. He drinks tequila. There's really there are <laughs> for so that many, night at least. There's so yeah. many great things about him, but it's undeniable that there are certain parts of his game that are not what they used to be. No question. 
and I'm curious from your standpoint, you've just watched them for two straight weeks. Is there is there a possibility that the that a little bit of fuck you has re-entered Aaron <laughs> Rodgers? Well, especially after uh, the Olivia Munn interview. Yes. All right, yes. relax. I'm a de- uh, I'm a Rodgers defender there, but but no, t- t- talk to us about Rodgers and like where you see because he's is he's can he be Superman again? Can uh, where are you at with Rodgers? Here's the thing. So I have a uh, a long history of calling Aaron out for whatever subpar play he may have put on the field at any point in his career. Uh, going back to literally his first year as a starter, I put up a post uh, kind of hailing his amazing toughness, which no one talked about at the time. I still think a lot of people don't talk about how tough he is as far as the shots he takes and how he continues to play other than through broken clavicles, obviously. But um, And he responded on Twitter saying, thanks for that, I really appreciate it. The following week, I put up a post about how he needed to work on his three-step drop game, and he got a little prickly about it. So this is back in 2008, right? So we have this long kind of you – no, know, we. I say we. Like I have literally spent his entire career pointing out where, okay, maybe he needs to improve. So I come through the lens of Aaron Rodgers is not perfect. He, he is not a god among men, although sometimes he certainly appears to be with some of the throws and plays he makes the run the table year in 2016, where he started so slow, Mm -hmm. he had such a like bad first half of that season, that second half of the season. And this was my first year on the Packers beat when I worked for the green Bay press Gazette was without question, the greatest sustained play at the quarterback position week in and week out that I have ever seen. And I suspect uh, that I suspect I will ever see in my life because Week after week after week, he made plays that were just absolutely asinine in the sense of no human should be able to do it. And so at that point, that was after two MVPs, right? So you're thinking, okay, this guy is immortal. He can do anything. He can will it into existence. But then we've seen the last few years of McCarthy, very much so what you're talking about as far as a lack of efficiency, Play action last year was a real problem for this offense, and that stems obviously from the quarterback play. I'm not hesitant to say that while his numbers improved from his final year with McCarthy, there still weren't Aaron Rodgers-like. And I think there's no question that from what I've seen these couple of weeks in Green Bay, that we have a guy in Aaron who is much more comfortable in the offense And I think there's zero question that he will play probably a little bit more within scheme, within rhythm, whatever you want to call it. There's zero doubt that they have started talking about that. They they want to get that part of it going. But you will never, ever get Aaron to stop kind of hesitating on some of those middle-of-the-field throws, those things where we see guys breaking maybe not wide open, but certainly open enough for an NFL quarterback to rip it where he turns it down inexplicably and runs outside the pocket, tries to find something deeper. There's no doubt in my mind that that will never leave his game. And that is part of the reason, in my mind, they made the Jordan Love pick. They want to get ready for, okay, at some point, those plays outside the pocket, those plays outside of structure are going to dissipate and disappear to a point where you can no longer count on them to lift you up and get you out of bad situations in a drive, in a game, whatever. Mm -hmm. All of that said, 
I do think he is going to ball out this year. We saw a guy in camp these last couple of weeks who, and to, you know, to whatever he talked about on the Zoom call with us uh, last week where he talked about going back and seeing cut-ups from a 2010 practice, not a game, to quote Allen Iverson, but a practice. <laughs> and then he changed something. No one will ever know what until 10 years from now when he writes the book or somebody writes the book. Uh, he changed something in his approach and whatever mechanics, whatever it was, it was noticeable. And it has been noticeable day in and day out. If that guy takes the field week one heading into 2020, I expect him to look a lot more efficient in this offense. Again, I'm not going to sit here and tell you what it is. I don't know what it is. I'm not going to pretend to know what it is. Sean McVay would have remembered the play. Well, I, I think wrong. the league. Oh, he probably would I have, think to yeah. your point, I think the league is a lot better when Aaron Rodgers is yes. deadly. I yes. mean, the, great quarterback play yeah, the, is great. And so we're, People of course, rooting it, no for doubt. that. Here's, right. here's the thing that I think is interesting about Rodgers. McCarthy, and, and it was the same way with Holmgren and Andy Reid now. The coaches right. that can take players who like to ad lib and can build a structure where that player feels comfortable doing so, in my opinion, are on a next level hmm. of really good coaches. And right. you saw it with yeah. Holmgren, you saw it with, you know, Reed right now with Mahomes. It's next level. Rodgers, yeah. I think, was one of those quarterbacks before. And McCarthy cultivated that to a certain degree. There well, are other coaches and, and it, which and will, it kind of ate him. Yeah. yeah. And we'll and we'll we'll put your guy Shanahan in here, George McVeigh. <laughs> I think Kubiak is kind of like this too, and I think Lafleur, given where he's come from in this group of people, it was very telling that Shanahan didn't draft Mahomes. We didn't scout Mahomes and wanted Kirk Cousins instead. <laughs> it's very telling that Lafleur appears to prefer a quarterback that he can sort of mold. Mold, right? And right. and Rogers gives him the heebie-jeebies by like moving around too much, <laughs> right? To me, right. that that's where if Rogers is going to have success, I think long term in the future, it that has to be Lafleur has to get over that, right? Or he has to go well, somewhere goes, where the coach sort of yeah. embraces his freelancing and he has the receivers that will. Sort of adhere right. to that. Oh, there that would be an interesting that would be an interesting future. I don't know if that's the path that it will go down, but it's interesting that you talk. Yeah, I agree very much with everything you just said. And what I find fascinating is the sense that you know you're talking about McCarthy, and he very much tailored the offense around Aaron, giving him more freedom at the line of scrimmage. I think it was the quote than any other guy in the league outside mm -hmm. of Peyton at one point, right? The problem is, and I thought Ryan Grant, former Green Bay Packers running back, who's been on our show a number of times, put it absolutely perfectly when he said, it's like AI, artificial intelligence. Oh, not you Iverson. Because I was hoping it. for Iverson uh, No, 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 no. It's like AI. It's like you teach it, you watch it grow, you're trying to control it, you're trying to give it more, and then all of the sudden, you wake up one day and it knows or it thinks it knows more than you and now it's in control, and it will never, ever see control back to you. And that is, that was Ryan Grant talking about that. And that is a billion percent what happened with Aaron and Mike. Wow. And what to me has to happen with Aaron and Matt, there's zero doubt. And this is what I'm talking about when I say this summer so far, from what we've seen, 
is Aaron has bought into structure a little bit more. I, like I said, I don't think you'll ever get him completely, you know, servient to the structure of the play if he thinks he can get something bigger down the field more, make a play with his legs, etc. But even if he's doing just a little bit more in that regards, I, I think the offense and the Packers in general will be much better served. It's interesting because you talked about Mahomes, and that's one of the things people don't talk about this with Mahomes nearly enough is how brilliant he is in structure. The dude just is automatic. He doesn't miss throws. And he's got, you know, there's so many parts of Mahomes' game that remind you of Peak Rogers. Like, he's never dead. He's going to make this throw that you didn't think was human. And no matter where he is on the field, he's going to, if he sees a guy who's open, he knows he can make it. He's going to make the throw. And no yeah, uh, the the uh, good version of making you guard every uh, inch of the field, right? Right. right. Exactly. <laughs> but um, 100%. but right. it, you know, and so I, so this you you talked about this training camp, contrast it to last year's, like night and day, or just a little different. Man, I don't I, I don't want to say night and day, but it's it's closer to that than whatever the other thing is. Okay. Uh, it's certainly it's just it's noticeable. And you look, if you peruse the Twitter feed of anybody who's been in attendance of practice for the last two weeks, it, it's it shows up. It, it's you're the just, only you're the only Packers Twitter account that I follow. Well, thank God for that. Um, <laughs> they it's just noticeable. It's just yeah. something where there's in particular there's a play. And look, I did a whole video prior to leaving for Green Bay about how Aaron Rodgers needed to attack the middle of the field more, mm-hmm. and I asked. I literally asked Matt LaFleur about it prior to so I could have that content mm-hmm. for my video. And there's zero question. Whatever metric you want to look at, a heat map, a yep. tape, whatever. We've talked about this. Ad zero doubt. And I'm sure you guys know. Yep. He has shied away from it. And this summer, so far, he has gone again and again and again and again and again into the middle of the field. Hmm. Now, I'm not going to sit here and take credit for it. I'm not going to oh, say come that, that has, <laughs> Take, you know, pat yourself has, on the back. Has, That's all has, you has spurred Matt LaFleur to say what the, you know, yeah. and gotten them to do it. But it's noticeable whether it's in rhythm off play action, the in cutting MVS, mm-hmm. whether it's Devante on a deep in cutter, etc. It, it has been very, very prevalent this summer. So, so, so you're it, saying we should again, bet Packers plus three in week one. I mean, we already are. Yeah. We already have. <laughs> I'm, okay, look, so, so like, let me give you this on They Rogers. absolutely should win that game. Come so Rodgers, last cover. five years, last yeah. five years in PFF grade has two top five graded seasons. In five of the previous six, he was top five. Okay, so there's kind right. of those two sort of errors. Now, he had that one spurt that you mentioned where he was otherworldly. Yep. Can he get back to that consistent top five play and right. if he doesn't can they still win the super bowl whoo baby uh all right so can he yeah i think he can it all depends now you're talking top five are we talking like you know pff grade are we talking i mean uh, quarterback uh rating i'm definitely well? not i'm definitely not talking quarterback rating <laughs> definitely. you know what i mean well thank god for yeah. that yeah uh but here's my point like so are there? I think there will probably will there be five other quarterbacks in the league who are better than him. There's a good chance that that's probably going to be the case, simply okay. because of his age and simply because of various factors, whether it's supporting cast, coaching, what have you, um, or diminishing skills. Whatever you want to throw into that pot, uh, there's little doubt that 
there's a chance that he's outside the top five. And I know Packers fans will come at me pitchforks and torches and whatever <laughs> however do i think they can win a super bowl with him playing outside a top five level zero question wow a hundred percent now look if he throws for x number of touchdowns as which is way below his normal and i don't even yeah. know what that is off the top of my head but say he throws for 25 touchdowns 30 touchdowns which you know for a guy who has at times thrown for 40 touchdowns it's like oh my gosh stop peak rogers that's fine because more often than not, that's going to mean that Aaron Jones is running in a bunch of those touchdowns. Oh boy. In fact, Aaron Jones would have had a record-setting year last year, more so than he already did, if Aaron Rodgers hadn't tried to go all hero ball early in the season. You, you meant to say RPOs. A.J. Dillon. You meant to say A.J. Dillon, right? No, okay. A.J. is not going to get all that volume. A.J. is going to see the field early in what, spurts. What's, but it's going to be the Aaron Jones show. So what's the thing? Because I think there's – so I agree with you that I don't think Rodgers is going to be that top five guy. Could he be six? Could he be seven? If he sure. is six or seven, yeah. though, that means he's improved from last year. 100%. What's, is, is it the middle of the field? Is that the thing? Is it, is it playing within structure? What's the thing that if he just does better, that gives you what you need? It's Yeah. I mean, if you, I think the, the, the thing in NFL analysis is always playing in structure. To me, it's what I always talk about is playing in rhythm. Yep. That's you know? exactly what we probably, say. That's exactly what we they're say. They're probably the same thing. It's it's getting to the top of your drop, planting your foot. And, and letting, letting it rip. rip. Yep. You know what I mean? And it's something that when Rodgers doesn't, and literally when I asked LaFleur this very question about the play action thing, about the middle of the field thing, LaFleur highlighted and pointed to a play against Chicago in Green Bay uh, where they had motion across the formation to the left, Rodgers goes play action. Devontae's on the weak side, runs a runs a, a, a pretty deep slant, and Rodgers hits him in rhythm, and it goes for like 30-plus yards. And that's the play he pointed to. And if Aaron is that guy, down in and down out, they're going to be really tough to stop. The problem is you see so many plays, and I have no doubt you guys have done this and looked at the tape and saw seen a guy who gets to the top of his drop looks at a maybe not wide open <laughs> but certainly open in the terms of the nfl wide receiver running back tight end whatever and just turned it down for whatever reason we've heard troy aikman we've heard kurt mm -hmm. warner we've heard guys who have played the position at a very high level at a hall of fame level talk about this a lot troy aikman makes no bones about it on broadcast where he says i have no idea why aaron turned this down He's said that repeatedly, and that has drawn the ire of Packers fans. They get all upset. Troy Aikman has this Packers, uh, anti-Packers bias, et cetera, et Which cetera. is mostly because oh, Buck and Aikman call the games that the Packers <laughs> play against other good all teams. The yeah, of course. And, and of course. when it's, when so it's sometimes Dick those Stockton games, and Brady Quinn, right. it's because you're beating up on the Washington football team. A hundred percent. My co-founder hates Troy Aikman, and I have to – the biggest fight we've ever gotten in, this is true – it ever ever in our in our history on on our live show was about Troy Aikman because I think Troy does a really good job yeah and this idea that he has a Packers bias is ridiculous and of course it's only augmented because he dares to criticize Aaron Rodgers. well you know why but, it is though you're old you get this though in 1988 
when the Packers should have lost out and instead beat the Vikings in Week 16, and then whoever they played in Week 17 and got the second God and got yep. the second pick instead of the first pick. Dallas took yep. Aikman. You guys got Mandarich. Yeah, that's yep. why. And Aikman said he he was relieved because he didn't want to play in Green hey, Bay. Green that's Bay, why right? the Packers okay. fans hate him. I would suspect that that's a bunch of old heads who harbor that grudge, yeah. who are probably not on Twitter. They're mad that I, you guys. They're, they're mad that they're not playing games in Milwaukee either. So all exactly, that, all that stuff. Um, oh, the, the rhythm thing is really interesting because we started a quarterback charting process that that um, Zach Robinson, who is now a coach for the Rams with McVay, um, mm-hmm. started. And his whole thesis was about these rhythm throws and how important it was. He actually talked about Matt Stafford quite a bit with how good he was in rhythm. Um, And Rodgers is really interesting. It's exactly as you describe it. Your back foot hits, you let it rip. And the interesting thing about being in rhythm is that being throwing in rhythm, even if you're under pressure, is better than throwing from a clean pocket but out of rhythm. Right. Well, in other, 100%. Right? I couldn't agree more. It, yes. it, the, the numbers bear that out. And Rodgers last year is really interesting. Um, his grade dropped about eight points in rhythm from 2018 to 2019. I know everyone thinks 2018 was a disaster. But yeah. that what that tells me is there's a lot of actual room for potential improvement yeah. there. No, there's yes. there's a lot of meat Very left on the so. bone for Green Bay this year. Um, yeah, I'm, couldn't agree yeah, it'll be It'll be fun to see because, again, he's one of the best to ever play the game and the league's better when he's good. So let's get you out of here on this one. Your official All right. PFF forecast Packers <laughs> prediction because the wins are the wins are the wins. What will, correct. what will it be? I'm going to give them 10 and 6. Okay. Uh, I think I think that's good enough to win the North. Real wins, though, uh, not fraudulent I'll, I'll ones. Be at, all the real wins. <laughs> Albeit uh, they'll have to fight into the uh, playoffs. You know, for me, it's all about – like I said earlier, it's all about last year's draft class, not this year's draft class. If they get the expected uh, development from Rashawn Gary, Darnell Savage, et cetera, they're going to ball out. They're going to be a real problem in the playoffs. Uh, but for me, yeah, I think they will be a better team with a worse record than So are they going to have to go to Soldier and win the NFC North in, a, in an NFC North title game type thing? There's a chance. Or, There's a chance. Or – Will they have to do what they did in 03 and watch the Vikings collapse in Week 17 <laughs> to another team on a last-second Hail Mary? Night, by the way. I was in Lambeau when that happened. Yeah, it you guys like beat Denver like 30-10 to 10 or something. Yeah, Amon Green had a 99-yard run. One of the most magical moments of my life. You, no you understand this is why I'm a recovering Vikings fan because yeah, exactly. no <laughs> rational person would it's still be a fan of this team. Nate Poole literally got a key to the city that, uh, yeah, that next yeah, year. That's uh, right. I, no I lied. I actually have one more question for you. Aaron right. Rodgers last uh, will finish his career with what NFL team? Man. Why? 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 Well, we were having such a lovely time. We were having a uh, good conversation. We turned it around, I think, really well. I thought, this did, has been did. one of my we favorite did. conversations that we've had All on right, this podcast. Stop. All right. I'll, uh, give me – the Chargers. I love them. So, so hold on one second. Can I, can I be a little bit facetious with you? Sure, so are you Who writing off? Are you writing off Justin Herbert in a way that no, no. we Justin, were writing exactly. off Jordan Love? A billion percent. Yes. Okay. They will just it's Justin about, Herbert will flame out. Remember, and uh, and, and Ryan Gutekunst will trade him to the AFC team. The, so right. at least Aaron is being loyal to his entire thesis, which is it's all about the situation <laughs> you get put in. He believes that the Green Bay culture 
is one that will foster growth and that L.A. is not. And I'm not Correct. sure he's right. I, for the record, am selling Justin Just, Herbert to, the, to everyone watched, that will buy it. Watched, have you watched uh, Hard Knocks? I, not not no. a second. Uh, is it bad? No, no, no. The, I, the that's whole, not true. I watched. I watched about twenty minutes of the first episode. The, and all actually, three episodes I have love, been terrific. The low light is how Justin Herbert carries himself. I'm sorry, <laughs> that is not a quarterback. I, I love it. Aaron, hey, that was you, not me. Send letters to PFF. Aaron Nagler, co-founder, Cheesehead TV. A hopefully recurring guest because this was a blast, buddy. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, appreciate you coming on, man. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. I uh, want to make sure you know about all of the PFF podcasts. We've got a, a bunch coming up this season. We obviously have the NFL podcast with Sam and Steve. We've got our podcast. We've got the fantasy football podcast with Ian Harditz, which I have actually managed to continue listening to. It's that good, and I'm trying to be better about fantasy. Um, the two-for-one draft pod with our buddy Austin and Mike. Buddies, Austin and Mike, all about the drafts. And we have some new ones. We've got the Unexpected Points Pod with Kevin Cole. We had JJ Zacharyson on. It was awesome. We have the College Football Podcast with Seth Lean coming up. We have a PFF Daily Betting Podcast coming up. And we have one more, even more special, that you're going to want to keep an eye out for. So go check them out. Uh, they're available on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Get them. Big thanks to uh, Aaron for being so generous with his time, man. I mean, he spent a solid hour and a half with us. I also should give a shout out to uh, Tyler, who's here yeah. with us on a the the Monday MVP night. at this point. Yeah, right? it, well, Tyler's kind of the MVP, literally of everything that yeah, actually happens at sure. PFF. Um, if you watch the draft show, you'll you should know that that uh, <laughs> that was a modern miracle. So, Tyler, thank you. But um, th- that was a great conversation. So, thank you to him. What was your one big takeaway from that conversation? Uh, he's really bought into Matt Lafleur. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't disagree with him, obviously, because you know the, the outcomes have been good um, so far. Um, but I, I think from somebody who's a hopefully dispassionate observer, the two of us, to somebody who's clearly a fan, but very smart at being a fan, I think that's maybe where the disconnect is. I think you and I are lower on Lafleur, mm-hmm. And he, I think he's completely bought into this new regime, which... I think after McCarthy got stale, yeah. I think makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that, that's a that's a good takeaway. And I, I wish maybe maybe we'll have this opportunity to talk to him at some point during the season. And we can talk more about Lafleur because I just didn't think it was right now. He was so high on him, and I think we have a very different opinion. If, if the Lions start out six and one, and the Vikings start out zero and seven, <laughs> Bears are three and four, and the Packers are let's say three and four. Do we have Aaron on the pod? Have to have have a talk. Cause, Absolutely, cause have to. he's not going to be scared because it's not like the Packers haven't come from behind for three games on Detroit before. Right. right. Uh, my biggest takeaway was just you know listening to him explain his methodology for how he evaluates things, and it gets back to the, like kind of why we say defense doesn't matter and it defends people is we're trying to instill like okay, get the first you say this all the time, get the first order thing right and measure it somewhat respectfully and then worry about the second order things right earn the ability to talk about those and he is very much a everything i gotta make sure i account for everything you know he talked about it with the aj Dillon um thing you know is he a good person all these different things the, the jordan love thing take into account the head coach take into account the context he's going into um and it's it it it's makes for fascinating conversation it'll be very interesting to see you know how that does for the packers this season but um 
maybe that sounded negative. I actually thought it made for great conversation. I think it's a really I thought it was a great conversation. I so. think he has very reasonable expectations of the Packers, despite our differences right. on what last year okay. meant. So that was fascinating too. Yeah. He thought they were a ten win team. So I, I yeah. I, I tried to explain to him the twenty ten season, right? And I I I think You hit a lot of seasons, by the way. I don't know if we had a counter. You basically went from like ninety eighty eight mm-hmm. all the way through. That was that was a history channel worthy episode. The, the thing about it is, again, if you're a fan of the Green Bay Packers, there there's no trophy but the Lombardi Trophy. I don't understand what last year meant. I, that's fair. Yeah, and I thought that. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, we'll be back with you. We have a great, great episode coming on Thursday. We've yep. got Kevin Clark, uh, and we have a doozy planned. So you'll want to tune in. Thanks for hanging out. Peace out, guys.